Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the Tuesday edition. Kath, good to see you. How are things? Thank you, John. Mm -hmm. Happy to be seen. It is another glorious day. It truly is. And it's a glorious day because the Pirates had such a great win last night. Mm -hmm. Just kind of adds a little extra luster. Yeah. I think they're three games over 500. Yeah. Okay. First place. We're going to the game tonight. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about it. Me too, yeah. That's why you wore your Pirate shirt. Uh, no. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, today is uh, uh, World Turtle Day. Mm -hmm. It is? Yeah. So you decided to dress up as one? (laughs) Actually, when I put this shirt on this morning, I said to my wife, does this look weird? And she's like, she paused. She gave a a, 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 No, it's okay. Mm. Yeah. Which means that she kind of thought maybe it did before she pronounced. As I'm driving to work, I thought about that long pause, and I thought, I shouldn't have worn that shirt. No. I like it, especially (laughs) on National Turtle Day. Yeah, it's good. It is it is camouflage turtle. It is. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Now, is this the day that you think of your turtles fondly that well, you used to have? It's kind of. I know that it's World Turtle Day because they came up on my Facebook feed. Okay. Skippy and Milu, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who now live where? Uh, well, uh, I gave them to a turtle rescue group, and it was a father-son duo, and uh, apparently uh, they provide these turtles to classrooms all over Western oh, Pennsylvania. So Skippy and Mulu are like deep into the education world. Well, I sent it to my family, you know, on the on the Telegram thing. You know, we have like a, an ongoing conversation. I said, hey, happy World Turtle Day. Here's Skippy and Mulu. And one of my kids wrote, wrote back and said, hopefully they're happy in a classroom somewhere. That's awesome. So hopefully they are. Great. Yeah. They're dirty little creatures, aren't they? <laughs> are they? Man. I man. never had a turtle. Man, it's a lot of work. That's yeah. a big aquarium. I mean, it was like, you know what? And a 90-gallon aquarium Oh, that that's I had. just so much room. And lo- where are you going to put something work. like that? It was fine. The room was fine. But just the, the muck and the mire hit us down top yeah, of it. Anyway, that. enough of the turtle Yeah, talk. but happy National Turtle Day. Is it Or international? Uh, World Turtle World, Day. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. We're, we're global today. Uh, looking forward to today's program. Uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, mm-hmm. can you be born again without feeling it? That's a really good question. People, I remember when I... Um, prayed a prayer to be born again. to be born again when mm-hmm. i was uh, 7 years old mm-hmm. on easter nothing happened mm-hmm. i didn't feel anything so i prayed it again i prayed it again in about a 24 hour period i may have prayed it 3000 times <laughs> waiting for the thunderbolts the celestial music nothing Visitation of angels, mm-hmm. anything, until my sister's. I, I confessed that to my sister in my desperation, and she was like, "Oh, well, it doesn't have to be an emotional thing." And I was like, "Well, I thought it did." Thank well, a lot of people sisters. think that, so we're going to talk to Daniel right. Williams about. You do that. know that feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts, John. Okay. Feelings are not. Um, in the four o'clock hour today, um, we'll be looking at why you don't read newspaper articles that say, uh, "Mr. Biden." Or Mr. Trump, mm-hmm. or Mr. DeSantis, or Mr. Scott. Right. Um, we've fallen away from the Ms., Mrs., Mr. thing. Um, Washington Post talked about that. And also in this hour, are there any benefits to tongue scraping? Tongue scraping. Now, a, a tongue scraper has been in my queue and my Amazon. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, for, for many, many years. <clears throat> uh, Is I it re- in the save for later thing? Save for later, yeah. Yeah, I, re- I think I first read about tongue scraping, I bet you easily 15 years ago. Wow. That apparently uh, 
those young Hollywood types yeah. were big into tongue scraping. And we certainly want to follow them. Well, just kind of, are there health benefits to having a clean tongue? Okay, and we're going to look at that okay. at uh, 425. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, that's this a mix. It seems like a varied show. It is, it is I, a varied show. I like that kind of All thing. Right. How's, your, uh, how's your news lineup? Uh, I've got four things, John. All right, mm-hmm. so without further ado, please give us the top four at four. For Tuesday, the 23rd of May, mm-hmm. that's today. May's winding down. I don't even, I can't. 2023. Number one, Russian's Wagner mercenary group, John, again claimed control of the contested Ukrainian city of Bakhmut today. Now, that claim is denied by Kiev, which says its forces are still fighting. Um, all the difficulties of communication and everything in war, it's difficult to determine whether this, one of the longest and bloodiest battles of the Ukraine war, has really come to an end. But the leader of the private Wagner group, Yevgeny Progozin, who's a longtime associate of Russian President Putin, said his forces were kicking back today, taking a break, resting now that their mission in Bakhmut is complete. Have you seen the uh, before and after photos? Yes, I have. It's essentially a crater. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. CBS News goes on to say, John, that uh, the Wagner Group, not only with their activities in Ukraine, but they've been accused of thousands of war crimes. Um, they rose to global infamy in Ukraine, but mercenaries were active in parts of Africa long before that. They stand accused of committing similar atrocities there. Um, they... this. The, Check this out. This is their plan of op. They plunder mineral-rich nations, particularly the Central African Republic, which is what CBS News talks about today, to fund their criminal and paramilitary activities and to maintain control over the gold mines, the timber forests, anything that can give them income. Uh, The Wagner Group virtually runs the entire Central African Republic through fear and violence. Yeah. You can read much more about that in a detailed article I think is worth your time in today's CBS News. Number two, Apple said it's extending its chip supply agreement with Broadcom in a multi-year, multi-billion dollar deal at a time that the iPhone maker has been trying to bring more work into the company of Apple. But they've had a little bit of difficulty with that. They've long been trying to replace chips made by other companies with versions they design. Um, But it struggled with attempts to develop it. As part of this deal, though, John, according to today's Wall Street Journal, um, the chipmaker will supply Broadcom, that is, will supply Apple with 5G radio frequency components and wireless connectivity components made here in the U.S. Um, Several different hubs around the country. Uh, Tim Cook said, we'll continue to deepen our investment in the U.S. economy because we have an unshakable belief in America's future. This deal, John, people are guessing it's valued at more than $15 billion. Number three, owners of the new Ford vehicles will be able to tune in to AM radio after all. CEO Jim Farley wrote in a social media post today that the company is reversing its decision to scrub the band after speaking with government policy leaders who are concerned about keeping emergency alerts often sounded on AM radio. Great. 
Isn't that good news? Excellent news. Yeah, Long was, live AM. Yes, there was a bipartisan group of lawmakers who introduced a bill calling on the uh, National Highway TSA to require AM in new vehicles at no cost. Anyway, this reversal on Ford, I think, is a great move good. for everyone. The EVs, which we talked about the other day, will yeah. get an online software update to put AM back into the vehicles. Very nice. And number four, the Three Rivers Arts Festival is returning this year, June 2nd to June 11th. And that's your top four. At June four. Second. That's the 64th year nice. of the Arts Festival. We attended last year. Yeah, which was the first time they were in the Cultural District. Mm-hmm. This yeah. year will be the second. They're going to stay down they there. They are. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's fine. didn't bother me. I mean, um, uh, when it was at the point, which it, you know historically had been for many, many years, it was really spread out. Uh, this seemed to much more l- last year's Cultural District location, um, much tighter. Did, Which was that a good a thing? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Yeah. All right. They're going to be 300 artist vendors, Great. the most since COVID. It's going to feature music acts like Corinne Bailey Ray and KD Tunstall, uh, as well as local multimedia squonk with their giant oh, puppet hands. Okay. Um, we're expecting that it will rain. Yeah. Because it always does. does. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But will that you, is coming up. Will you visit? Uh, I didn't go last year. Yeah. But I think I will try this year, Good. June 2nd to 11th. That gives me more than enough time. Plenty of time to get on down. Yeah. There. It would. It'll be really nice when the Clemente Bridge is open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. It yeah. kind of puts a damper on a little bit. But get on downtown. Yeah. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk about marriage. Unequally yoked. One hundred one point five W O R D. What happens when you open God's Word every day? I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you every weekday here on the radio. I see the transforming effect of God's Word daily. Lives are changed because His Word gives us insight for the challenges we face and encouragement in our walk with the Lord. Join me and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30. Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. In the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. 
If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-746-3737. 800-746-3737. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you miss the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Growing up, we would all go to church every Sunday, all seven of us kids, and just my mom. My dad, at that time, was not a believer, and that's just how we rolled. It it always was kind of strange. We'd come home from church, and he'd say, how was it? Um, But I did the same thing. Yeah. Your dad. Me and my mom. You and your mom. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what it was like in their marriage, you know. My mom was a believer. My dad wasn't a believer until wait. I mean, I remember like I was in college and I came home one time. My mom was like, hey, your dad, you know, your dad found Jesus. And all of a sudden he started showing up at church. But they were married probably 40 years at that point. Yeah. What's that like when there's a marriage and one person believes and one person doesn't? Kirk Bjorklund is back with us. Kirk's the senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. Hey, Kirk, always a pleasure. How are things? It's well. Good to talk with you both. Thank you, Kirk. Yeah, so, Kurt, both John and I know this uh, experience from being the kid in the family. Uh, talk about what you know of it from the spousal perspective. Yeah, certainly anytime there's a disconnect around something that is so important to somebody, there's a lot of pain with that because you want somebody to embrace what you've embraced, to celebrate what you celebrate, to know what you know, uh, to enjoy what you enjoy. And with spiritual life, there's another layer to it, and that is it isn't just I want you to enjoy this like I enjoy hiking or sports or ballet or whatever it is, but there's the spiritual component of of what's at stake in somebody believing. And so it feels very significant if you're a follower of Jesus and your spouse is not, and you want them to be a part of what they're not a part of. Mm-hmm. 
there's always a lot of conversation. Uh, I'm sure, you, of course, you, you're well aware of this, Kurt. When people get engaged, are you both believers? I mean, if one isn't and one isn't, oftentimes people will counsel, then don't marry that person. Yeah? Yeah, certainly that's even got biblical precedent with the idea of not being unequally yoked in Second Corinthians. But uh, yeah, so so there's certainly wisdom to that. What I say to couples is, why would you want to marry somebody who doesn't share what's most important to you? And what you often find is that that the person who says I'm a believer at that point says, well, it's not as important to me as marrying this person. Hmm. And and so that you know, in some ways, they're making a choice there to say, I I know what's at stake, but I guess I don't really care enough to mm-hmm. forego this in that moment. And and again, what it leads to, it, usually if I'm in that situation, I try to talk about if there's going to be kids in the future, what's your vision for how that will go? And why would you invite somebody to be the most important person other than you in your kids' lives who is going to undermine something you want to instill in right. your kids? Right. Now, you know, uh, coming in, Kurt, we talked about, you know, my family. There were seven kids in my family. And my mom w- would always say, when I married your father, I made him promise that all of our kids would be brought up in the faith, which, which was great. And, of course, my father agreed to do that. We, you know, we went to a, a Catholic school. But, I, but as a kid, I was always anxious for my dad. I was always kind of nervous, like, why don't you do this? Uh, eventually, it, it did work out. But, man, there were many years where, you know, we were just like, my dad's going to hell. Mm. Yeah, that's that's got to be very unnerving in many ways. It, you know, as I've watched um, couples navigate this, I, I would say that sometimes the mistake is there's there's a zealousness to get the spouse to come that doesn't come off as zeal for them, but zeal for the faith itself, which often is mm. counterproductive because instead of it feeling like you love me, it feels like you just want me to agree to what you agree to. And it feels to some people more like a, like a vote the way I vote um, proposition rather than uh, this really is the most important thing in my life. And so when I've seen people navigate this well, there are a few things that I've seen them do. One is they've, they've learned and embraced the idea of modeling without um, undermining kind of the the overall idea of their faith. And this is right out of First Peter 3, the idea of if your husband doesn't believe, uh, live basically in such a way that they won't have any critique of your faith. And, and that feels like a lot of pressure, but if you say that you have a relationship with the God of the universe and don't live that out in a way that's believable to your spouse who lives with you every day— um, you know, it won't matter how what you say or how you invite them. And so the people who've navigated this well, I've seen them really embrace modeling. I've seen them embrace the idea of simply consistently asking, but doing it without really coercion or an apology, meaning um, they don't try to persuade. They just simply say, this is really important to me. I'd love to share it with you. Would you consider coming? And, you know, certainly you don't do it every week or anything, but they'll do it over a period of time. And when I say without apology, they'll just say, no, I really want you to be a part of this Um, because that can really get off the rails either way. It either becomes so persuasive that it's grating and it just the person becomes prideful and says, I won't respond 
not even because I don't believe anymore, but I don't want you to be right. <laughs> and then, um, and then the other side is, is sometimes they'll be so apologetic for asking instead of saying, no, this is really important to me. And I believe this, and I'd love to share this with you. And then the other thing I've seen people do is, is really pray over a long period of time and just say, God, mm-hmm. this is, is your thing more than it's my thing. You care more about them than I do. And so I'm just going to ask you to work. And, and when I've seen people take that approach of saying, I'm going to model, ask, and pray, um, it's taken the pressure off of it in a sense of just saying, this is what I can do. And now I'm really trusting that God is at work in ways that I can see or not see. Kurt Bjorklund is with us, senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church, which has several locations in Pittsburgh. We'll talk about that before the end of our time with Kurt. Um, Kurt, I guess it's different whether you're talking to someone who's in a marriage where they're unequally yoked or to people that are contemplating a marriage um, where they are unequally yoked. Yeah, absolutely. If somebody is already married, obviously you're committed in that relationship and and so now you are really taking what I just said, kind of those those aspects and saying, I'm going to live. If you're not yet married, you have a chance to be much more upfront. And as I said earlier, I think even biblically to question if you should even move forward with the marriage, if you know for certain that the person does not believe. Right. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, I... You know, as a child of a uh, non-believer a, of a mixed marriage, mm-hmm. it was very it was a very complicated growing up for me. Yeah, yeah. But I do remember what, this. What did you find most complicated? Uh, to me, I always felt like um, I felt this. I felt like I had to, as the kid, um, make it right. I felt like I had to find a way to make Christianity palatable to my dad. And that actually was a very good thing because it has served me well as an adult because it's always in the back of my head. What does someone who's who's outside the faith think about what I'm about to say? But it was a lot of pressure as a kid. And my mom and I never talked about it, which probably would have been helpful um, to sit down and say, you know, how do you feel about this? But instead, I think there was just a lot of unspokenness. And so there, I just always was trying to bridge the divide between my parents. Mm. Yeah, I can see where that would be very tough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, tough on the kids to feel like like I have an allegiance one side or the other and yeah. it's not the same. Right. Yeah. But I'll say this. When that moment came, and eventually it did come. <laughs> you mean for my dad? Yeah. Yeah. And for my dad. Yeah. I mean, there was great yeah. celebration, right? It was fabulous. But boy, that that's, was a long that's road. wonderful that that happened. And that is part of the hope. Again, First Peter 3 says that you can win your husband without a word. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, that is ultimately the hope, is that you would live in such a way, pray, ask, that, that it isn't what you say, but it's the constancy of your life over time that points somebody to the reality of it. Yeah. 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 But, but it is a, a really powerful point for people who are not yet married that they should consider this deeply. And you can't, I don't think anybody can quite imagine how difficult it's going to be before you're in it. Yeah. Well, 
it's hard when you're in the state of falling in love to imagine what life will be like when you're trying to raise kids and the values are based on something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and the priorities are different because if God really is your first priority in your life and somebody else, it isn't, there will just be a natural clash um, no matter how you go about life because there's different controlling uh, interest at the heart of each person. Kurt, um, for people who are listening to the show who are outside the church um, and, you know, maybe they've never gone to a church or maybe they haven't been to a church since before COVID or one of, maybe they're just like kind of dipping in online to this place and that place. Um, can you talk to them about what it, the benefits of being a part of Orchard Hill or, you know, really any church, but in particular yours um, on a weekly basis? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Great question tied to this, because some people would say, you know, don't try to convert me. Just let me believe what I believe. But ultimately, what Christians believe, if they believe the Bible, is that we do have um, an understanding of who God is, not because we've figured it out, but because it's revealed to us in the scriptures, and that we can relate to this God, and that church isn't about practicing religion to somehow get your way to heaven, but it's about um, celebrating and savoring what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And as you celebrate that week in, week out, and what that that means is that it's not our effort, but it's through what Jesus Christ has done. You begin in the process of that celebration, we'll call it worship, and the instruction to to restore your life and and as you do, you stop worshiping so many things in this life, and you're actually free to enjoy them and live in them rather than, than being dominated by them. And, and what I mean by this is, is when you are worshiping something, even if you don't think of it as worship, say success, then your whole life is dictated by, I have to get to the next level of success. I have to make more money. I have to make partner. I have to, I have to, I have to. And when you are embracing the life that Christ has, you say, I have value because of who I was as a created being, who I am as a created being, what Jesus Christ has done for me, what God's Spirit has put in me. And so I'm free to be successful, but even if I'm not, I'm, I'm loved by God and I'm um, gifted by God, and that makes all the difference in how you go about uh, interacting in the world. And so part of the benefit of, of church isn't just punching a ticket in a sense for eternity, but it's doing life with people who are who are also in a place of saying, we want to worship something more than simply um, the success or whatever it is in this culture, this world that, that we find important. And it doesn't make those things less important, but what it does <laughs> is it makes them less dominant in our lives so that they can be enjoyed and pursued without making them ultimate. Well, that's really good. So there is an order to things. Uh, Kurt, before you join us, before you leave us, uh, talk to us about Orchard Hill and uh, how you gather, when and where. Yeah, Orchard Hill is a multi-site church. We have a location in the Strip District that um, meets on Sunday mornings, a location in Wexford that meets Saturday night, Sunday mornings, and then Butler. Uh, We also have a group starting in South Point. We have another group starting in Beaver. and so, and then all kinds of groups and studies during the week, 
lots of ways to get engaged, and you can find out all about it at orchardhillchurch.com. Very nice. Always a pleasure, Kurt. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks. Have a great afternoon. You as well. Kurt Bjorklund, Orchard Hill Church. The value of being equally yoked as opposed to entering into your marriage unequally yoked. Stick around. We got we got just a, a start here for today's show. Much more ahead. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-6745. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at TRA.com or call 800-575-6745. That's 800-575-6745. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. At Lowe's, we're always bringing pros more ways to save. Right now, get a DeWalt cordless impact driver for just $99. Was $159. That's a savings of $60. Plus, you'll always save big on job lot quantities when buying select building supplies in bulk. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Selection varies by location while supplies last. Discount taken at the time of purchase. See associate for details. Bow through 82. Lowe's reserves the right to limit quantities. Turn your home into restricted airspace. Tell incoming flights you want them diverted. The new Raid Essentials Light Trap plugs into the wall and uses light to attract, then trap flying insects like fruit flies and mosquitoes. Its 24-7 continuous attraction provides insecticide-free protection that's people and pet friendly. Consider air service interrupted. New Raid Essentials Light Trap. Insecticide-free protection. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. One hundred one point five WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh" and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. This homeownership tip is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency. The number one obstacle to buying a home typically isn't the monthly mortgage payment. It's coming up with the money for the down payment and closing costs. The Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency can help. PHFA offers a small second loan to help meet this need. Learn more on our website at phfa.org. That's phfa.org. PHFA has been helping Pennsylvania home buyers since 1982. Mainly clear skies expected for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 54. Hazy sunshine tomorrow, the high 77. Clear skies for tomorrow night with a low of 44. It'll be sunny much of the time Thursday. We'll reach a high Thursday of 68. Thursday night clear, the low 47. Mostly sunny Friday, the high 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
Are there any benefits to tongue scraping? All right. I have obviously heard about tongue scraping for a while. Mm -hmm. I have never done it. I've never used a tongue scraper. Neither have I. Okay. However, knowing that we were going to talk about this, there's been one in my Amazon queue for a long time. Mm -hmm. I just to save bought, for later file. Mm -hmm. I just bought two on a flash sale. Did you? For seven fifty. So one for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the other no, for I'm Tuesday, a, Thursday? I'll try what? to, you know, interest my wife in oh, okay. tongue scraping, and tongue scraping. As well. Okay. Okay, here's a, this is Are you today's... concerned about your breath? It's funny you bring this up because they're saying the only really benefit or the only time you should do that is if you are worried about your breath. Okay. Okay. So uh, this is today's New York Times. I've heard that tongue scraping is good for your oral health and can prevent bad breath. Is that true and why? So they say, tongue scraping involves using a tool to remove a white or yellowish coating that sometimes forms on the tongue. Mm -hmm. This is the result of buildup from food debris, dead skin, cells, and bacteria, said Martina Bertolini, an assistant professor of dental medicine at the University of Pittsburgh Medical School. What? The tongue, quote, is the only, ish, only tissue in the entire body that has papillae. Dr. Bertolini said, which are tiny bumps that help your tongue grip the food as you eat and sometimes contain taste buds. So um, how does tongue scraping help? Well, it reduces all those uh, things, gets rid of bacteria. Some of those gases that are on the tongue apparently are very stinky, she said, adding that's one reason why people get halitosis. Mm. Um, should you try it? Dr. Bertolini said she would recommend tongue scraping only to patients with halitosis. Mm. Okay, this is a personal question. Do you think I've bad breath? No, I don't think so. Okay, I've never, I've never noticed <laughs> We're that. We're in this little airtight room. I feel room. like we are in a very small room. Right? Yeah, uh, because they're the ones who. Uh, if you have a history of gum disease, it is a good idea to keep the amount of bacteria in your mouth as low as possible. So, uh, what's the proper technique? You just scrape that thing like you could use a spoon on your tongue. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give it a shot. Okay. What do you uh, think? How are you gonna know? I don't know. I hope that I'm kind of grossed out. Why? Because like I scrape it and go, what oh. the heck is oh, like that? that? Like that was on there this yeah, whole time? Exactly. That's like a raccoon on my mouth. Right. Right? But does that mean anything? I don't know. Lexi, have you um, ever have you ever uh, used a tongue scraper? I have uh, done tongue scraping at some point. You have? Yeah. Um, Tell us. <laughs> I mean, it's not anything crazy. It was just, um, I was using like... Because they give you the like little tongue brush on the uh -huh, back of uh -huh. your um, toothbrush sometimes. Um, and so I was curious and I was just like, I was going ham. Because <laughs> I was just like so nervous about it if my breath smelled bad. Right. Because mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I have a fear of smelling bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's why I keep deodorant in like seven different places. So I never right. am out, out of it. Okay. So, so what, what did, smell yeah, I, yeah, yeah, good. I, I never good. noticed anything. So is how was the experience? I mean, it made my tongue feel really weird because you're scraping off all that debris, but you're also scraping off like all of the saliva off of your tongue. So your tongue just feels so weird after you do it initially. Mm -hmm. um, and then after like 10 or 15 minutes, it goes back to normal. Okay. And, but you didn't stick with the tongue scraping? No, mainly, mm -hmm. <laughs> mainly because I was like, well, I'm brushing my teeth pretty frequently and I don't have any... History of, you know, yeah. simple chronic halitosis. Right. Yeah, I don't have or any of that. disease or anything like that, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I think I'm safe. <laughs> All right. Okay, so when yours comes in, yeah. 
Well, please bring it into the studio. I'm not going to do it yeah, live no, on the no, air. I, I will do not do it yeah, live no, on the air. No, I absolutely I can't imagine that. Why Plus, are you even talking you about it if you're, if you're not going to do it live on I the air? I think I would just report about it. That's okay. all. No, I just think saying. it would be much more entertaining to the listening audience if we all were part of it. <laughs> it's a little too personal. I think it's it really fine. is. It's a little too much. The ride home. My hope is, though, I would like taste fresh. Like, oh, my my, my taste buds have that like. That is no Whoa. way that's going to happen. It might. I don't. I don't. It's a strawberry. Holy smokes. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up we're big fans i'll never forget my first pair of jordans i mowed neighbors lawns all summer to save up because i was certain those jordans were going to make me touch the rim but then the new shoe blister to which i gritted my teeth and kept wearing them because blisters go away but brand new jordans are forever it's ryan from united faith mortgage and this is exactly like buying a new home right now interest rates are higher an annoying short-term blister But home prices have come down quite a bit, creating a big opportunity. Because interest rates can go away, but the price you pay for a new home is forever. We've got hundreds of listeners buying their dream home now, while prices have dropped. With the plan to refinance the interest rate blister down the road, we have a direct lender advantage that can often get you a better rate, and we provide a $1,000 lender credit at closing to all our radio friends. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing number 1330. That's the Lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JMD Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JMD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. This is wedding season. Great celebrations, right? People get all dressed up and it's, it's a lot of blah, It's a fun, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of fun to go to a wedding. Sure. When you're at a wedding, do you ever look around and think about the single people that are there? Yes, I actually do. And what do you think? Well, I think that like everything about church culture in particular Mm -hmm. 
it's geared toward couples. couples. Yeah. Oops, right. And so I love being, I think one of the good things about the church I go to is I think, I'm not saying that we certainly do it perfectly. I don't even know if we do it well, but I know that there's an awareness that we have a lot of people in the church who are widowed, who are divorced, who aren't married, and that it should be communal. A, right. It should be communal. Yeah. But I just think if you don't have that in the forefront of your mind and you're someone who's married, then you can end up, I think, being insensitive a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Anna Broadway's back with us. She's been a guest of ours over the years. Uh, her memoir is uh, uh, Sexless in the City, a memoir of reluctant chastity. And uh, she wrote a piece at uh, Christianity Today that, that follows along these same threads about wedding ceremonies and gatherings. And, and Anna, you could probably describe this. Of course, you wrote the piece much better than I'm trying to do. So the, the idea of, of weddings are fine, but there's other ways we can celebrate milestones and especially, you know, to invite people who are single into the grouping. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think sometimes without meaning to, a lot of communities end up treating marriage as a marker of maturity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things we end up celebrating together kind of focus on these milestones. But I think as Christians, we have a bigger picture of what maturity looks like, that it's not just about getting to certain life experiences, but how you develop character. And so, you know, I love the way that a friend of mine tries to celebrate when people have anniversaries of sobriety, for mm. example. Mm. That's something that's really about yeah. character, yeah. you know, and um, probably involves a lot of your connection to the community, too. Does. So I think there's a great opportunity to just kind of think bigger, you know, because God does more than bring people into marriages and provide children. God does a lot of things. Why aren't mm. we celebrating all of it? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so more parties versus fewer parties. Yeah. Well, and you know, another thing that I talk more about in my forthcoming book, Solo Planet, is I think churches that celebrate more of the church calendar also provide a wonderful model. Hmm. Because then when we're not just celebrating Christmas and Easter, but Advent and Lent and Pentecost and Ascension Day and, and thinking more about the rhythms of the whole church calendar, it gives us ways to remember that our communal identity is bigger than people's individual lives. And I think it can provide a balance in churches that maybe otherwise might sometimes celebrate more around milestone events for particular parishioners. And and not that that's bad, but I think having a lot of these communal celebrations that remind us our ultimate identity is the body of Christ and his bride. I think that's a really healthy thing for everyone in the church. That's good. So the, the wheels, uh, the spokes in a wheel, right? Uh, they're not necessarily coupled up. They're individual spokes and they, you know, give strength and integrity, integrity to the overall wheel. We need more of that. You're saying the individuals are great. I mean, certainly it's good to celebrate weddings and anniversary and whatnot, but uh, you do think about all the singles that are out there. Hey, we should all be part of this. Yeah, I mean, one thing that was interesting was I talked to some singles who talked about, for example, graduate degree program graduations Mm. weren't always celebrated clearly in their community, you know, especially like if maybe this is their second or third degree. Sometimes it was a really lonely experience Mm. 
to have sacrificed so much for so many years to get to this educational achievement, which sometimes might be for the purpose of serving your community, like if you're becoming a doctor or something. But sometimes, I don't know, maybe it feels, well, I think it always feels awkward (laughs) to invite people to celebrate you, you know, unless it's a wedding or something, which is a culturally accepted celebration. But I think that's another thing too, is try to be mindful and aware of things happening in each other's lives, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe encourage a friend, like, how can we help you celebrate this? How can we help you commemorate God's faithfulness in bringing you this far Mm, in your journey? And and, uh, go back and talk to us about, okay, so Solo Planet is uh, coming soon. Oh, Uh, I can't wait. What are the threads there? (laughs) What is the the impetus of Solo Planet? Sure. So it's coming out in January. And the book chronicles my interviews with nearly 350 Christians around the world from about 45 countries, most of whom I interviewed in person. And so we talked about a host of things. And I really wanted this to be a book that was for the whole church. So I'm encouraging people, buy two copies so that you read one with a friend (laughs) who's ideally in a different life season from you, and you can talk about it together. Like the best thing I can give you is the conversations that happen between you and the people you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so including everybody in the conversation also means I tried to address things that older singles deal with and not just focus on dating and trying to find a spouse, which so many books on singleness do. So you know, there's a chapter on disease and death and disability. I've got chapters on housing and meals and tried to kind of help all believers think about how do all these different parts of my life connect to my relationship with God? Because really, serving God should happen Sunday through Saturday, mm-hmm. not yeah. just on Sunday yeah. or maybe Wednesday night. <laughs> right. Right. I think all the things you're saying are a good reminder to us because. I I think in contemporary Western culture, we tend to think that when someone has an issue, there's a program for it, you know, yeah, like Mm -hmm. either there's a hospital program or there's a health insurance program or there's a community program or something. And really, it's most of the time there isn't a program. I think it's the, the minority of times that there is one. And so like being able to look at someone else's life whom you know and be able to try to kind of come up with one right. or at least be a part of a solution, I think might be mm-hmm. a muscle we don't flex very often. Wait, are you saying that somehow singleness is something that needs to be fixed? No, but if there's a single who has an issue like a disability or mm-hmm. an illness or something like that, People tend to think, oh, well, I'm sure that there's some program that helps them deal with that. And oftentimes, I don't think there is. Right. Well, and I think there's also a real danger when we look at a life experience that's not ours of thinking somehow, you know, well, this is that person's problem, or especially if we think there's sin involved, you know, like they need to deal with it. But Paul really in first Corinthians talks about the body of Christ. Like we are all bound up in each other's lives. So I'm also hoping the book is going to challenge people to think if I see something happening in your life, what is my responsibility in that? How am I part of maybe what's led to this? And certainly how am I part of helping you become who God meant you to be and to more fully thrive? 
in the body of Christ. And that's true for single mm-hmm. people looking at their married friends and like, how can I support you in your relationship and family life? And that's true for married people thinking about their single friends, whether they're young or divorced or widowed. That's good. Anna, um, your book coming out, which I already said, I'm just geeked about. Um, <laughs> and I know that you, I know that it's not out yet and we're really close on time, but what are people telling you about it when you, when you're interacting with people and saying this book is coming out? Are people shocked? Are they amazed? Are they like, why would you do this? No, I think more than anything, I've heard a sense from people that it touches on challenges maybe they hadn't always recognized, you know, like my housemate was telling me just the other day, she was talking to someone about it and the challenge of eating alone in a restaurant, for example. And the person was like, oh yeah, you know, and when I was talking to singles about the challenge of cooking and eating alone, it showed me things that I hadn't recognized. And a lot of them were surprised to realize like, oh, this is a common experience. It is hard to get through a whole bag of spinach or a gallon of milk or (laughs) whatever it might be, you know? That's good. Well, we're excited. When January comes around, Anna. Or before uh, then. Yeah, well, for them. But definitely in January, <laughs> we are talking about this. I can't wait to see That's the book. Really good. And if people want to find you online, uh, uh, they can find you uh, on different outlets, can't they? Yes. So I'm on Facebook and Twitter, although I don't use that as much anymore. But certainly you can find me at AnnaBroadway.com. Very nice. And I have more information about the project there. And I'll be adding the book cover soon, too. Excellent. Always a pleasure, Anna. AnnaBroadway.com. Solo World. Take a quick break. Come back. What are we talking about here? Yeah, we're talking. Mr. and Mrs. and Ms. and courtesy titles are vanishing. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. 15% off on all full roofing and full siding replacements signed in the month of May. Minimum size requirements apply. See website for details or call 724-NEW-ROOF. Revival and spiritual awakenings to the gospel, it's happening right now in Asia. This is Bible League International, and we spent the last few weeks telling you about the incredible need for Bibles in the region of Asia. It's here where Christianity is growing fastest around the world, but at Bible League, we know that as many as 9 of 10 believers have no access to the Bible in countries like China, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and Thailand. Would you hear from Ming? He is in Cambodia. When I received Bible from the church, and I really love to read and read, Read it, read it again, and God is really blessed in my heart. Bibleist believers in Asia, they're crying out for the Word of God because this is where Christianity is growing fastest in the world, but 9 of 10 new believers have no access to the Bible. Word FM listeners, we want to bless 5,000 Bibleist believers. Got to be honest, we've seen very little giving to this point. We have to wrap up this week, so please, at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20 will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD, or click the Bible League banner at wordfm.com, and God bless you for caring. Parents, are you tired of helping put your kids' shoes on? They're squirming, watching cartoons, anything but helping. Luckily, it's Skechers to the rescue. Introducing new hands-free Skechers slip-ins. Footwear you can just get your kids to step into and their shoes are on. You don't need to bend over. You don't need to sit on the floor and try to wrangle them on. Actually, you don't even have to touch them. With Skechers slip-ins, they just step in and go. Plus, they're so easy, they could be the first shoes your kids can put on by themselves. And Skechers slip-ins are great for older kids, too. They're quick, easy, and fun. 
The Secret is a unique comfort pillow in the heel that helps your child's foot slide securely into place and cradle it in comfort. Plus, they're available in all types of Skechers styles with and without laces. And most are machine washable, so you can keep them looking newer longer. Get Skechers Slip-Ins, the where-have-you-been-all-my-life shoes for your kids or for mom and dad today. Find Skechers Slip-Ins at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish shoes are sold. We live in a time when Christian values aren't always viewed favorably, but the truth is Christian ideals have positively shaped most modern cultures throughout the centuries. The book, How Christianity Transformed the World, highlights Christian men and women who have been at the forefront of positive social change in education, medicine, philanthropy, and other foundations of society. Request a copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? 724 New Roof. Mr. John Hall and Mrs. Kathy Emmons are with you here. Mm -hmm. But uh, those titles, apparently, uh, we can bid them farewell. Uh, The Wall Street Journal is the latest newspaper to drop titles such as Mr., Ms., Mrs., and what's MX? MX? Yeah. Don't know. MX and MX. Yeah. uh, It's cable news news doesn't do this. Podcast doesn't do this. Newspapers don't do it. Uh, And as of last Friday, the Wall Street Journal said, yeah, we're going to drop courtesy titles because we believe that it is more in line with the way people communicate their identities. It puts everyone on a more equal footing. So we're going to call him Biden instead of Mr. Biden? President. Yeah. In a... But if they're talking about more equal footing, isn't everybody a Mister or? I mean, remember the uh, hubbub about Ms. Mm-hmm. Right, that was like earth shaking for a lot right. of people. It was either Miss or, or Mrs. Mrs. And I get right. that, yeah. right? You don't want to be referred to necessarily as Miss, do right. you? Right. Um, but this change of just wiping everything, I, I don't know. Whatever. I to me, I think it's kind of. I don't know. It seems like. We've devolved into a less polite society. That's not a surprise. But I mean, especially in this in this world of print that you're talking about. I mean, when we would talk about the president, you people would say President Biden. But then later in the art, I mean, if you're a writer, you're looking for different ways to say something, not reuse the same words all the time. So you would say Mr. Biden um, or you would say Ms. Harris. Right. So now we're just going to say Biden and Harris. No, well, maybe we'll say their full name. Well, right. you're not going to do that if you're repeat. Right. If you're telling a story about him, you're not going to keep saying Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. What's well, kind of funny though? I mean, when you think about tr- about President Trump, people never said Mr. Donald Trump. They would just say Trump. Yes, that's because th- that's kind of how he wanted it, because he kept using when he talk about himself in the third person, which I always thought was so. It makes me very uncomfortable when people do that. Well, what about you? I mean. When you were single, did Miss bother you? No. And now that you're married, do you assume that? Mrs. Emmons, to me, is always my mother-in-law. Right. So I never, that seems weird to me, but I don't know. I've kind of gotten used to it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It just seems like. More equal footing. That's why they're doing it. How are you unequal by being Miss, Mr. or Mrs. or Mix, MX? Or maybe they're thinking that with the whole you know, uh, gender transitioning portion of society. They're afraid they're going to use the wrong 
Mr. He Him. Yeah, it's going to be too confusing. Sis, and so, just, so in an in an effort to not make anybody mad, we're just going to kind of be slightly rude to everybody. Doesn't this kind of seem that way? Or you don't care? No, it doesn't matter. Okay. Whatever. I, I think I care about it. <laughs> All right, miss. I mean, missus. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Code Eric. Well, that's our news. I'm John Scott. Police have arrested a Missouri man they believe intentionally crashed a truck into a security barrier near the White House. The incident took place Monday night around 10 p.m. when a U-Haul truck smashed into a security barrier near the north side of Lafayette Square, which is across the street from the White House. A Secret Service spokesman identified the driver as a 19-year-old from the St. Louis suburb of Chesterfield. The U.S. Park Police said the man was arrested on multiple charges, including threatening to kill, kidnap, or inflict harm on a president, assault with a dangerous weapon, reckless driving, destruction of federal property, and trespassing. Greg Clugston, Washington. President Biden approving an emergency declaration as Super Typhoon Mawar approaches the U.S. Pacific territory of Guam. Officials there say assistance will be needed to mitigate the effects of the imminent catastrophe. This is SRN News. It took a panicked run on a major bank to lead to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And Moody's just downgraded the entire U.S. banking system from stable to negative. Just a reminder why many people diversify their portfolios with something tangible, something that doesn't need bailing out, something that can't vanish into thin air. Learn the truth in Swiss America's shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. This all-out war against cash is a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency, too, is growing daily. So please get and read The Secret War on Cash, free to save. Salem listeners by calling or texting now at 800-630-1495. Make sure you mention Salem when you call or text 800-630-1495. Let's see, you've uh, applied for our open position for account representative? Yeah, that's the one. Great. I see you went to UC Berkeley. It was really awesome. We had several sit-ins to protest oppressive capitalism. Oh, and uh, how about your skills for this position? Oh, yes. I know all about how to spot microaggressions and root out privilege. Uh, we don't really do that here. We do accounting and finance consulting. Do you have any safe spaces? Safe spaces? Yes, where people can go to get away from the colonialist mentality. As long as there's a diversity, equity, and inclusion policy, we'll be fine. <sighs> Life's too short to waste your time on bad hires. I'm Andrew Krapschatz, the CEO and founder of RedBalloon.Work. Every week, tens of thousands of reliable, career-minded job seekers visit RedBalloon.Work Without all that woke nonsense, post your open jobs at redballoon.work. And if you put in promo code SALEM, you'll receive 10% off your first month's job postings. 
Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees like Walnut Grove Christian School in West Mifflin. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. TV news. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest. More hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Mainly clear skies expected for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 54. Hazy sunshine tomorrow, the high 77. Clear skies for tomorrow night with a low of 44. It'll be sunny much of the time Thursday. We'll reach a high Thursday of 68. Thursday night clear, the low 47, mostly sunny Friday, the high 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. So four minutes past the five o'clock hour. It's seventy-six degrees currently. Mm, isn't nice that ideal? Lovely. That is just great. Very nice. Um, when was the last time you uh, dipped a toe in a city pool? Oh, I used to live close to Riverview Park, so probably that pool was okay. the last time. More mm-hmm. than five years. More than ten years. Mm-hmm. I still live in the uh, in the vicinity of the Bloomfield Pool. Okay, it's a very nice pool. Yeah. But um, apparently the city uh, is saying today that they need to reevaluate how they operate the pools. Yeah, I bet. So th- this is the uh, time of year where the, the city always does, every year, annually. We need more lifeguards. Currently the city says they need 40 to 50 more applicants wow. to open all the really? city pools. Um, if all 30 applicants currently being processed are able to work as lifeguards, it appears the city would now be about... 10 to 20 lifeguards short of the 155 lifeguards needed to open all the city's pools. Uh, lifeguard pay starts at 16.48 an hour. Seems kind of an arbitrary number. Mm, it does. Uh, that can go up to 19 and 5 cents an hour, depending upon your experience. Prospective lifeguards must be at least 16 years old by September the 5th, and um, it must be a city resident. I don't know. There's a lot of pools, man. Uh, so they're saying uh, the the, tool, the pools are supposed to open June 19th, which is kind of feels a little late. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they used to open on Memorial Day. Yeah, but the lack of, of, of lifeguards. Listen, I am the parent of a lifeguard, mm-hmm. and so I know this uh, pretty well. Kids today are much more risk-averse in general. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a lot of conversations about kids waiting until they're older to get their driver's license, sure, sure. right? Kids staying at home for longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not getting their own apartment until they're older. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things like that. A 16-year-old is very nervous about having to save somebody's life. 
I would be anxious. Yeah. So, you know, because part of being a lifeguard is not just, you know, keeping order in the pool. No. It's, you know, saving someone drowning. from drowning or it's doing CPR on someone who's having a heart attack mm. or the, you know, correct procedures on someone who's had a stroke or, you know, whatever it is. Right. It, it's a lot of responsibility. And kids right now are just not as interested in that level of responsibility like they were 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. They're just not. They're they're very afraid of that. Um, the second thing is that a lot of parents dump their kids at the pool. Right. This is a major problem all across like your babysitter. the city of Pittsburgh. They just drop their kids off. And so the lifeguard is not only trying to keep people safe, but they end up acting like babysitters. <laughs> Babysitters or referees or whatever. It is a lot to ask of somebody who's 16 years old. 18, 19. I think it's too much to ask. Yeah. So it's it's a real issue. And, you know, there are um, instances where if there are day school programs that happen over the summer, they bring a whole class to the pool. Right. So all of a sudden you walk in and there's 30 kids with you, but there's one teacher. Well, and wait. so you've got one teacher, 30 kids, and now the lifeguard is responsible for the other 29. So the lifeguard is the sole arbiter of, of decorum? Yeah. Of real, I mean, isn't there someone who you know like runs the pool? Isn't there like a pool manager? They're not responsible. The pool manager is responsible for caring for the pool, physical plant. But the overseeing of the pool, the concession lifeguard. stand, all oh, those Oh, that's things. a different thing. But keeping order in the pool is the lifeguard's job. Now there's a now depending on the size of your pool, there can be a team of lifeguards. Like at the North Park pool, there's a team of lifeguards. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure exactly how that works because my daughter never worked in that circumstance. She was like a solo act. Right. How about the Mount Lebanon pool? You ever been there? Mount Lebanon that's pool. That's a gigantic pool. I don't think so. Oh my gosh. I've been it's to the massive. Dormont pool. I'm sorry, the Dormont oh, pool. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a big pool. That's a the massive. North Park pool's even bigger than that. You know is that a wave pool? No. Okay, good. No, I don't like wave pools. I do not like a wave pool. Yeah. We, we were at, uh, I don't know, one of the parks, one of the county parks. They turned it into a wave pool. It's like madness. Yeah, I don't like It's too much. <laughs> like, ah, I know. Smashing around the people. Yeah, the bell rings, and all of a sudden, here come the waves. I don't know. Someone like hang out in the pool. You have a Everybody pool? Everybody. W- no. No pool. No. No pool around us. No. So I, I don't really go to the pool very often. I go to North Park when I do, but I haven't yeah. been there since before COVID. I haven't mm. been to a pool. It's just, it's a lot to ask. I mean, some, every everybody wants their pool open, but nobody wants to be the lifeguard who's going to make it possible for your pool to be open. In the city. Yeah. Right. Well, even in, it's not just in the city. It's not just a city problem. It's a problem across all the county pools, too. Probably, yeah. It's just, it's a difficult ask for kids. Well, before you know it, it's going to get hot. Everyone's going to want to go to the pool. It's like everybody wants to go to a restaurant. But there aren't very many people who want to work as cooks and waitstaff. Where is everybody? Yeah. Where did everybody go? Everybody decided they didn't want those kind of jobs. Mm. What are they doing instead? Driving for Amazon? You think? I don't think so. You see a lot of Amazon. Don't you see a lot of Amazon trucks out there? Yes. A lot of Amazon trucks out there. Do you have Amazon guilt? Amazon guilt? Yeah. Yeah. I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. Do you have Amazon guilt? Yeah. Yeah. Like a package will show up, you know. I go, oh, there's my soap. Right. It's like. <laughs> I like a subscribe and save. I mean, I, it's, I don't know how it's sustainable. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it's like, oh, this is great. But 30 years down the road, 40 years, is this, this going to continue like this? I can't imagine. Something's got to change. 
Really? Why would I, it change? I don't know. It just seems like such an individual preference. It seems like such a waste of money and gas and time. And I, I don't know. Just to bring me a bar of soap? <laughs> I don't know. Well, they're trying to encourage you to get a bigger, you know, a, a subscribe and save. Because yeah, that comes I'm up with every. That. Oh, I've done subscribe and no. save. I like it. Do you? Oh, I like it. I like a subscribe and save. I have it mapped out when I need to get I don't like that. pet food. That would make me anxious. When I need to get so You and you're anxious. Because well, all of a sudden you like. Remember, we were talking clocks yesterday, and I said I had a clock in every like room that. in my house. I do not me, like that at all. That's too way bad. too much. That's time anxious. Really? No thanks. Okay. And if you get like, what? what is it called? What's the time thing? What? With the, with the you know, the soap or whatever. What do you Yeah, call? the subscribe and soap. I'm not doing that. Why? Because then all of a sudden, you know, more soap shows up or more cat food. I don't need it yet. What if I skip, you know, some time? You can skip. And they always tell it's like, you it's coming. So you, like, can, you can say, no, you can skip this one. You got 900 bars of soap in my closet. I'd be like a Well, mess. then you just say you don't need it. You just say no next time. That's too much to manage. When I need it, I can get it. When I don't, I don't want it. Right, but then what if you run out of soap? Now what are you going to do? Holy smokes. I won't run out of soap. I think you might. Just too much. I don't know if That's it is. That's just too much to bear. Coming up next on the ride home, can you be born again without feeling it? Can you? Well, feelings aren't facts. I'll just say that. Right. 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yeah! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Are you tired of guessing and second-guessing when it comes to trading in the stock market? Then you need Vantage Point Software, your ultimate trading companion. With the U.S. dollar in jeopardy as the world's reserve currency, the time is now to take control of your trading with the power of artificial intelligence. Vantage Point's artificial intelligence analyzes millions of data points in seconds so you know what's happening up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy now you can experience the power of vantage point free text money to 813-813 see the ai for yourself when you text money to 813-813 that's m-o-n-e-y to 813-813 you'll see firsthand how vantage point software can revolutionize your trading strategy whether you're a seasoned trader or just starting out vantage point software could be your key to success trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors by texting you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of vantage point your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time message and data rates may apply text money to 813-813 let's be real retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that'll pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65 plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. 
This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown. This year, we're celebrating 250 years of God's faithfulness, making us the oldest anything in Pittsburgh, older than any newspaper, school, or business. God was working here before the nation was founded. Join us for worship in the majesty of our grand sanctuary, Sunday mornings at 1045. God's not done with this great old church. God's not done with you either. It was Easter Sunday of my seventh year on the planet, and I was sitting in Memorial Park Church, which is in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, looking up at the stained glass window, and I thought, well, I, you know, this would be a good time to, like, at, quote unquote, ask Jesus into my heart. I'd heard about this yeah. church. And, I mean, it was like a formality. I had, you know, I was already a believer, but I thought, well, this is what you, you know, what you have to do. Turn the key. Right. So I said the prayer and whatever, and... Nothing happened. I mean, no trumpets, no descending, ascending angels. There was no... Blinding light? No, or lightning, sound, nothing. So I thought that I had done the procedure wrong. And so I, you know, prayed it again and prayed it again. Anyway, 24 hours of complete anxiety, wondering, like, what is going on? Because I'm, you know, I, I didn't even sleep that night. I was just Waiting. so keyed up about it. Finally, I confessed all of this to my sister and she said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like you, you're, you're looking for the wrong thing. Like you don't have to feel anything. It doesn't mean that your commitment wasn't a- actual and real and whatever. And I, what a relief. But no one had ever said that. And so I don't know if it was if it's everybody who assumes that there's a big emotional element to it. It would make sense that you would think that. Yeah, right? I mean, there plus be... I was a little kid. Well, like whenever you see people baptized, you know, like at a public baptism, especially like an adult baptism, you would think that the person would feel that same weight that, you know, before they're immersed and all of a sudden as they pop out, people are like cheering and you would go, whoa, whoa that's I'm like all right. fresh and clean. It's you the know? lightest and, I've ever felt. Right. But what if you don't feel that way? Does that mean it didn't work? Daniel Williams is with us. He's professor of history at University of West Georgia, author of Defenders of the Unborn, the pro-life movement before Roe v. Wade. Uh, He wrote a piece at CT, Can You Be Born Again Without Feeling It? Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. So my story is certainly not unique, um, but when you hear me tell it, um, Daniel, what are your thoughts? I think you're right. That is not unique at all. It is an interesting feature of evangelicalism uh, as it originated in uh, the 18th century in England and the United States, or what would become the United States in in North America, that there was such a tremendous emphasis placed on the necessity of personal conversion that I think ever after that, uh, a number of people uh, who really do believe uh, have nevertheless questioned their conversion or, or doubted the authenticity of it simply because they didn't experience the immediate transformation or some miraculous sign, some uh, perception of a changed heart that would confirm to them that they really are saved. Yeah. So in your excellent piece, Dan, you talk about um, Francis Wayland, who was an ordained Baptist minister. Please tell us that story. Sure. Uh, Francis Wayland was a 
in many ways, uh, a product of the Second Great Awakening. He grew up in upstate New York uh, in the early 19th century, at a time uh, when there were a lot of Baptists uh, in New England and New York. And he would eventually become president of Brown University, uh, which was uh, at the time uh, a Baptist college. So he grew up in a, a family that was uh, part of the Reformed branch of, of Baptists, uh, very Calvinist, uh, steeped in the theology of Jonathan Edwards. And of all denominations, uh, the Baptists tended to place the greatest emphasis on the necessity of the born-again experience. Uh, in fact, many churches would require a, a personal testimony of conversion in order uh, to join the church. So Francis Wayland had grown up uh, in this uh, devout Baptist family, and, and he thought of himself as a Christian believer. Uh, but when he was in medical school, he began to question whether he really was a believer. And as he looked at his life, he thought that perhaps uh, he really hadn't been living for God at all. He had been a churchgoer. He had been uh, very moral. But he felt like he really lacked uh, love for the Lord. So he decided that he would seek a, a, an experience of salvation. And based on uh, what he knew from the culture of the First and Second Great Awakenings, he thought that he knew how to, to proceed with this, that he would uh, engage in, in prayer and Bible reading. He would uh, mourn over his sins. He would seek uh, the Lord in a deeper way than he ever had before. And so he did experience uh, the sorrow for sin, uh, but after multiple days of prayer and Bible reading, he didn't necessarily feel different than he had before. Uh, he had a longing to read Scripture. He had a longing to be with God's people, uh, but he didn't necessarily experience the feeling of bliss or the feeling of transformation. Uh, and as a result, he wondered whether he was really saved. He thought that he probably was not. So he continued going to church. He attended revivals. Uh, he continued seeking the Lord. And it wasn't until a number of weeks later that he was talking with a Baptist minister uh, who convinced him that, that he really had been born again, that, uh, that he was someone who was evangelistic. He wanted to share the good news with others. He wanted to uh, put the Lord first in his life, and that that alone should be a sign that he was, uh, that he was converted, that he did not necessarily need to, to experience uh, any deeper feeling than that. And throughout his life, um, Wayland continued to believe that, but he continued also to be plagued with doubts about his own conversion, not about uh, whether Christianity was genuine, but uh, every so often he would wonder whether, uh, in fact, uh, he really had been born again. But he would repeatedly return uh, to the promises of God and recognize that although his conversion had been, in some ways, in his mind, very intellectual. That is, he had uh, followed the, the path of, of reasoned reflection on what God had said and had believed it, uh, and there had been no feeling necessarily of the supernatural. Nevertheless, because of what God had said, he knew that he was saved. Right. So then that experience, 
from way back when uh, obviously is a very common experience. If Kath felt that as a young girl, I'm sure that in our listening audience that there are thousands and thousands of people who are nodding their head and going, yeah, that was me too. So maybe does the church have to sort of, you know, maybe realign something like, you know, uh, your results may vary, something like that? Right. Well, I think I think so. I mean, God works in, in people's lives in very different ways. And I suspect that this is particularly the case for people who grow up in church. Um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things about uh, evangelicalism is that it has it has a, a strong uh, a strong foundation in revivalism. And of course, revivals are supposed to to operate on those uh, who are not yet believers. Uh, but for a lot of people who grew up in church, uh, and I would put myself in this category as well, um, it's really difficult to say exactly when we became believers. Because, uh, you know, on the one hand, you could say from the moment we were first conscious, we had some sort of belief most of the time. Uh, but obviously, as we grew older throughout childhood and even into uh, adulthood, even into young adulthood and beyond, uh, we can continue to point to particular moments when we experienced a greater degree of conviction, a greater sense that maybe the commitment that we had once made was uh, greatly insufficient, uh, that when we think about uh, who God is and, and our new understanding of God, we, we recognize his, his calling on our lives and a sense of his grace in a much deeper way than we had before. And so dating the moment of conversion uh, becomes very problematic for people who who have that uh, background, uh, because like Wayland, you know, we we grew up with this uh, as just part of our consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so then the question is, um, sh- is it realistic to expect that that a a uh, particular moment when we're seven, as is the case for Kathy, or when we're uh, 21, perhaps as was the case for Wayland? Uh, should we really expect that that particular moment will be uh, the decisive moment of transformation? Maybe that's not actually how the spirit works. And and maybe he really was born again at age 21. Maybe he was born again earlier. Uh, Maybe uh, he was continually reminded of God's spirit in in a variety of ways and and experiences that throughout his life that that could be considered uh, conversion-like experiences. Uh, We really don't know. Daniel Williams is with us, professor of history at the University of West Georgia. Um, Dan, I I think back to one of uh, Chuck Colson's books. It it could have been born again. It could have been life sentence, but he was talking, I think it maybe was life sentence. He was talking about how, you know, his conversion was one of those (coughs) miraculous uh, spiritual emotional moments. But his wife had been born and raised in the Catholic Church, and um, she was disturbed that she never had that. Um, But she was a believer and didn't know what to do with it. And over time, uh, he explained that they both came to understand that it was like driving from Pennsylvania to Ohio, is that you know you started in Philadelphia, and you now know you're in Dayton, but you don't you might not remember exactly when you crossed the line, but you know that where you started and where you are. And so is it really important that you know where you cross the line? 
I mean, it's important to know where you are. And so I, you know, that was helpful for me, of course, because of, you know, the story I told about um, me when I was a kid. But I also have come to think a lot of about this, Dan, that when you are um, when you are opening yourself to God and looking for his reality all around you, um, there are a lot of things that it's a long process. It's a long obedience in the same direction. It's not necessarily a lot of emotional moments along the way. And then, of course, we should look at the scriptures and say, is there anything in the scriptures that tell us that we have to have an, um, an emotional moment connection? Right. I, I think that's that's a very important question to ask. Uh, you know, certainly there are accounts of what seem to be very dramatic conversions. Maybe the conversion of Saul, who would become Paul, uh, is one of the premier examples of that in Scripture. But not everyone was like uh, Paul. Uh, and when we read Paul's letters to Timothy, for example, he doesn't seem to remind him of any great conversion moment. Instead, he says there was a faith that dwelt in your grandmother and in your mother, and now I see evidence that it's in you as well. Uh, and he reminded him to to kindle afresh that gift. Uh, so for a lot of people, that that Timothy experience may be um, a lot more familiar than the, the experience that Paul had. I, I do think it's complicated because as evangelical believers, we believe in the uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We believe in in the doctrine of regeneration. And so as at least we've properly understood that, we've tended to think that there there has to be this moment of transformation, that surely uh, the difference between someone who is spiritually dead, an unbeliever, and someone who is regenerated by the Spirit should be obvious. Um, but in, in reality, as, as you've noted, it doesn't always look quite so obvious, uh, that, that God doesn't always work in a supernaturally clear way, uh, as, as we might uh, imagine that there are a lot of different uh, faith journeys that people have, uh, and I, I think you're right that that the destination matters far more than necessarily the the starting point or the the particular point at which someone crosses a line. And and certainly uh, Chuck Colson's wife was not the only one to experience that. I know um, Edith Schaefer, uh, the wife of Francis Schaefer, wrote about much uh, the same thing. I think in tapestry saying that she could not remember the precise moment that she became a believer because like so many people she grew up uh in church and and the question of when exactly she accepted jesus was a little unclear Mm -hmm. so then i guess the caveat what the takeaway is uh the journey's important how you start it and how you finish it, of course, are two different things. But we live in such a deeply emotional time, right? Everything's emotional, right? Everybody wants that big, here's the reveal. Here's, you know, here's the explosion. Here's the fireworks. And so I'll go back to what I said earlier, that in some way, if the church were to speak of this, and, you know, not the monolith church, but, you know, just individuals like this conversation here, Daniel, and your your piece in CT, that there is a, a caution about this. Uh, we should encourage people to be on this path, but not to expect the great fireworks. Right. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. That we know that we should expect transformation in someone's life. We know that we should expect um, the 
a person's will, a person's affections, a person's desires to be changed. But exactly how that's going to look, whether it looks like more of an intellectual process, as it did for Francis Wayland, whether it looks uh, like a more emotional process, like it does for some people, uh, it will certainly vary based on a person's temperament and, and how the Holy Spirit chooses to work in that person's life. Amen. Well, Daniel, thanks. Uh, it was very interesting to us. Uh, I never considered this, but I, I really appreciate your time here with us to, to flesh this out. Thank you. Well, thank you. Our pleasure. Uh, Daniel K. Williams, professor of history at the University of West Georgia, author of Defender of the Unborn, the pro-life movement before Roe v. Wade. He wrote a really great piece in Christianity Today, Can You Be Born Again Without Feeling It? Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group, Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. Every summer, Pine Valley Camp changes lives, not just for the more than 100 underserved kids who attend each week, but for the many high school and college-age volunteers and staff who work with them as lifeguards, cooks, camp counselors, and more. If you're 16 to 25, apply now and come help make an impact and change lives in a fun, safe, Christian family environment. Apply today at pinevalleycamp.org. Pine Valley Camp, rebuilding broken lives through Jesus Christ. In Beaver County, camp opens mid-June. Jerry, we're just here from the Gateway Clipper. Come on down to the river and join us aboard our all-new Lock and Dam dinner cruise. Experience a trip through a lock, enjoy our all-new buffet, and listen to great music. Sailing Thursdays. Tickets visit gatewayclipper.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
Mainly clear skies expected for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 54. Hazy sunshine tomorrow, the high 77. Clear skies for tomorrow night with a low of 44. It'll be sunny much of the time Thursday. We'll reach a high Thursday of 68. Thursday night clear, the low 47. Mostly sunny Friday, the high 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? The yellow plastic lemon in the produce section of the grocery store. There's also a green plastic lime with a little screw top, a little squeeze top so you can open that and just inject your... <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that'll answer everything right there. Lemon or lime. I when I see that, I think that is so useless. That is just, it's an offense to nature, first of all. It's like this plastic lemon with some, is it, it's not really lemon juice. What's in there? Well, you, you know, like when you see the bottles yeah. of lemon juice, so it's, it's that, it's but with, it's just in a so little. So it's like lemon juice with like preservatives in it or something. Maybe, right? In a pinch, right? If you if you didn't have like a fresh lemon. Yeah, I mean, lime, if that's all you had. I guess you, you But it's that. sitting there next to the lemons. Yeah. In the store. It's false advertising is it's, what I... Right? Do you think that makes sense? No, it makes no sense to me at all. No. Would you have one of those? You want, you want to use one of those? What are we doing? No, that doesn't make sense. It's sitting right next to an actual lemon. <laughs> and if you squeeze that, juice will come out too. But there's a shelf life to the plastic lemon, right? Which far exceeds right, the so, so you regular can, lemon. Yeah, except that the liquid... I mean, if, if you keep the lemon intact, it's going to last for a while. A while. How long is the well, plastic lemon going to last? Probably all... I mean... There are probably plastic lemons in millions of refrigerators all over this country. It wouldn't it wouldn't have sustained itself. They probably first hit the shelves in the 50s. Yes. Did your parents ever have plastic lemon? No way. Oh, my... Really? Because that was too ritzy? Yeah. Okay. We're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think so. My my uh, mother definitely had the plastic Did lemon. Did she? Yeah. And probably was like, well, look at me. Yeah. Right? I'm using this. And of course, as a kid, I thought, well... Mm. But I, seriously, that doesn't. You're not, not buying one. No, it doesn't make any plastic sense. Lemon. All right, that doesn't make any lemon. sense. We both agree with that. All right, does this make sense? The harp. <laughs> I mean, you see those massive harps. They're gigantic, and yeah. I am. I praise anyone who has spent years mastering something that is obviously extremely difficult and expensive. Yeah, and it's not portable. Like you're lugging that thing around. But when I see that, I go. I mean, how many harp solos you go, man, I needed to hear that. That I love that so much, right? It, I don't want to deride anyone who has the love of the harp. Mm-hmm. But personally, to me, just some guy from Swissvale, yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> the harp doesn't make sense. Okay. Just saying. Um, I'd rather have a kazoo, to be honest. <laughs> That's how low I am. On I'm going to come down on the side of the harp. <laughs> And I'm going to say pro it harp. absolutely. Yeah, I am pro harp. It does make sense. Hmm. Um, it's not the most accessible instrument. No. And it does seem like it's you're in a special club if you're playing it. But I think it makes sense. WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous.
this. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on wordfm.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all natural, farm fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Revival and spiritual awakenings to the gospel, it's happening right now in Asia. This is Bible League International, and we spent the last few weeks telling you about the incredible need for Bibles in the region of Asia. It's here where Christianity is growing fast around the world, but at Bible League, we know that as many as 9 of 10 believers have no access to the Bible in countries like China, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and Thailand. Would you hear from Ming? He is in Cambodia. When I receive Bible from the church, and I really love to read and read it, read it again, and God is really blessed in my heart. Bibleist believers in Asia, they're crying out for the Word of God because this is where Christianity is growing fastest in the world, but 9 of 10 new believers have no access to the Bible. Word FM listeners, we want to bless 5,000 Bibleist believers. Got to be honest, we've seen very little giving to this point. We have to wrap up this week, so please, at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20, will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD, or click the Bible League banner at wordfm.com and God bless you for caring. Lots of channels, nothing to watch. Especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. I did not know this, but there is something called Hank's Annual Misery Index. Hmm. And uh, it's based on a lot of uh, mostly uh, what you consider economic factors, uh, inflation, cost of goods. Oh, so this isn't a personal thing. Well, it does include, yeah, there there are different um, variables and and index points that add up to the score. There's because there is a misery index score. For each country. Oh, so not for each person. Right. Okay. Each country in the world, or most countries in the world that are listed here, uh, re- released uh, just yesterday the uh, annual misery index, and they, they list a 157 countries. And uh, there's a, a ranking here. And uh, can I tell you the, the least miserable country in the world? Okay. Country number 157 is Switzerland. It does seem like it's not miserable there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they're taking into account 
what the economic state of people who live there, the access to food and water, right, their, right. you know, infrastructure. Yes. And they'll say they'll, they'll give you on the list here the most contributing factor to, oh. to misery or not. OK. So as you might imagine, most of the misery is either um, unemployment, inflation, lending rates. That's pretty much it in each country. So um, the misery index for Switzerland at number 157 is unemployment. But what's the unemployment rate in Switzerland? Right. I mean, right? Here, right? Here's what's surprising. Right ahead of Switzerland at 156 is Kuwait. Really? And then Ireland. Wow. And then Japan, Malaysia. Taiwan, Niger, Thailand, Togo, Malta, Norway, Qatar, Vietnam, the Netherlands, Denmark, and Singapore. Wow. So yeah. those are all the least. They're very happy. Those are, those are all Their the... misery is minimal. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. Um, the United States does appear on the misery index. Now, there, as I said, 157 countries. Uh-huh. The United States clocks in at 134. Okay. So we're on the right. non-miserable side. So right below us is Germany, and right above us is Austria. Mm hmm. Hmm. All right. And so what are the factors that contribute most to the U.S.? Unemployment. Okay. And what about you, Germany? Inflation. But, the, you know, that's like the top of the list. You, you could drill down into this pretty quickly into Hank's annual misery index, right? I mean, it's funny that, you know, social media or political discontent doesn't show up in this list at all, does it? Right. Right. Um, what about things like clean food or clean water and food? Is yeah, that on list? Right. No. Uh, it's, no, it's okay. not. No, no. All right. So flip it around. Uh, the most miserable places yeah, on earth? Yeah. Um, let me go from or just quickly. 10 to 1? No, let me do 20 to 1. Okay. Uh, number 20, Rwanda. Mm -hmm. Then Iran, Bosnia and Herzegovina. I don't even know this. But Suriname. I don't know where that is. Suriname. Uh, S-U-R-I-N-A-M-E. The country Suriname. of Suriname. I don't, number I don't 16 know. is South Africa. Number 15 is Ghana. Number 14 is Tonga. 13, Angola. 12 is Haiti. 11, Sri Lanka, 10 is Turkey, 9, Cuba, 8 is Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I mean, how well, miserable must you be yeah. if, you're, if you're ahead of Ukraine? Right, exactly. Those poor people. Number 7 is Yemen, 6 is Argentina. Okay, here's the top 5. Number 5 is Sudan, number 4 is Lebanon, oh. uh, number 3 is Syria, number 2 is Venezuela, and the most miserable of all of the nations here, of the 157, is Zimbabwe. Inflation. Mm -hmm. God help. I mean. <laughs> okay, so look at so the top ten there. Or mm -hmm. what are the what are the indicators that they are citing? Inflation, inflation, unemployment, okay. inflation, inflation, okay. inflation, inflation, inflation. Pretty much inflation. Okay, so it's just inability to be able to afford things. Right. It's interesting. Um, you know, this past week. Uh, the WNBA uh, uh, played, of course, so, uh, 
and Brittany Griner uh, back just recently from Russia imprisonment, mm-hmm. where she spent, I think, 10 months in prison. There was a lot of speculation, you know, because before, you know, this, she was imprisoned in Russia, you know, and uh, there was a lot of, you know, discontent uh, from her. I will not stand for the national anthem. Mm-hmm. There was a lot Too of, many things wrong with right. America. So as she came back to the U.S. and played in her first games this week, will she or will she not stand? And uh, she did stand. And so then after, of course, the press was there and they were like, hey, we're surprised you stand. And she was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've essentially changed my perspective on where I am, oh. which would make perfect sense exactly. if you spend 10 months exactly. in a Russian penal colony. Exactly. Right. Would that just being able to read a book about another country without having to be, you know, embroiled in their prison system, right. would that just being educated enough about it would help you to... Be grateful for where you Well, are. I mean, I, I would imagine if you went to visit Zimbabwe or, you know, M- Malaysia. Or, or be in uh, Syria right Syria, now. Syria, Venezuela, Lebanon, Sudan. If you were there in the country itself, every time you travel internationally and you see what you see, you would come back with a greater appreciation of where, of where you, you are. You, yeah, that's it. I mean, good night. Mm-hmm. The misery index. Those poor people in this world. I mean... Uh, I would encourage you to find this, uh, H-A-N-K-E, Hanks. Uh, we're, Hanks we're, we're thinking it's The Hanks. 2022 Misery Index, and uh, it'd be a wonderful thing to pray over, mm-hmm. right? To have that yeah. in, on your prayer list of all these billions of people around the world who are living such hard, scrabble lives. Right. We can't even imagine what that's like, the brutality of that. Yeah. Billions of people around the world. I'm not saying we're perfect here, of course not, but, you know, we are far better off. Now, those people in Switzerland, I guess they've got some (laughs) bragging rights, don't they? Well, I guess you're from Switzerland. What what is the candy? Is it Toblerone? Toblerone. Toblerone. Mm -hmm. Is that Swiss? That's Swiss chocolate. I think that's Swiss. Mm -hmm. I watched a video the other night. It came up on on YouTube for me. Uh, It was... Like a uh, the inside of a train in Switzerland mm-hmm. taking this particular route yeah. that is relatively well known in Switzerland. Um, it was like the glacier train or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so my husband and I watched it and it was silent. It was not narrated in any way. You just kind of got to watch. Oh, nice. Well, that was really nice. Yeah, I'm sure it was. That's just a very, very, right. seems like a very nice train trip. Yes. I, I, I have two friends from Switzerland, Clint and Martin. I bet they've taken that train trip. I'm sure they have. Yeah. Would, would they have a place for us to stay? Clinton Martin? Yes. Maybe you could get in touch with them and just say, hey, yes. what if we stumbled on over there? They stayed with me regularly That's in New York City. That's what I mean. Right? I mean, say, hey, uh, m- me and my friend Kath might tumble on over there. Could we sleep on your floor? I'd like to be, I'd like to be happy in Switzerland just to see you what that's like. You never were in Switzerland when you were no, in Europe. No, never. Yeah, mm-hmm. me neither. No, no. Mm-mm. Lexi, have you ever been to Switzerland? I have not, but I want to. Yeah, yes, of, course, of course you do. Well. Yes, yes. I mean, who wouldn't want to go there? We could ask corporate to do the uh, the ride home from Switzerland. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be a great idea. You know what they'd say? Huh? No. Okay. <laughs> they would. All right. Well, that's fine. That's it. We need to step aside. When we come back, uh, we got some celebrity birthdays waiting oh, for okay, us. Good. Also, um, a woman flushed a diamond ring down the toilet. Mm. Now, you've lost your wedding ring, John, so you can, you can have a little I bit have. of emotional simpatico oh, oh, with this woman. What, what happened to her, though, is pretty amazing. We'll talk about it next. It's Ride Home. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve.
resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Revival and spiritual awakenings to the gospel, it's happening right now in Asia. This is Bible League International, and we spent the last few weeks telling you about the incredible need for Bibles in the region of Asia. It's here where Christianity is growing fastest around the world, but at Bible League, we know that as many as 9 of 10 believers have no access to the Bible in countries like China, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and Thailand. What you hear from Ming, he is in Cambodia. When I receive Bible from the church, and I really love to read and read it, read it again, and God is really blessing my heart. Bibleist believers in Asia, they're crying out for the Word of God because this is where Christianity is growing fastest in the world, but 9 of 10 new believers have no access to the Bible. Word FM listeners, we want to bless 5,000 Bibleist believers. Got to be honest, we've seen very little giving to this point. We have to wrap up this week, so please, at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20, will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD, or click the Bible League banner at wordfm.com, and God bless you for caring. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you know that these days, generating growth is a challenge. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll not just stay ahead of the curve, you'll move it. With access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. Hey, you know what I don't get? Why is that company always telling you to just do what? What is it? To just look like everybody else? Or maybe just pay way too much for your shoes? Well, Skechers, we know what we want you to do. Just slip in. That's right. Just slip in to do hands-free Skechers slip-ins. Why? Because slip-ins are the easiest, most comfortable shoes ever. You don't have to bend down to put them on. You don't even have to touch them. Find slip-ins for the whole family at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. So Celebrity Birthdays comes up periodically here on the ride home. And it's a little quiz we do uh, for John because he has this very weird skill of being able to predict very narrow. how old people are. It's like, like the most useless thing that I it have. It is really useless, yeah. but I like it a lot. Um, and so I've got two for you today, mm-hmm. and I'm going to start with um, weight loss champion Drew Carey, who truly looks like a different person than he did 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. He's like 100 pounds lighter. Um, Remember whose line? Whose line is? Oh, that's. And a, I remember a great the show. Drew Carey show? Sure, yeah, yeah. Right, he looks. He was a big guy. Yeah, and he's now he's is he still doing the Price is Price right? Price is right, sure he is. Boy, talk about a show I cannot stand. That I is mean, a you know that's like a throwback. It's show. too much. You know, there's a lot going on. Anyway, Drew Carey's birthday's today. Is it though? Yeah, how old do you think Drew is? Well, look, I mean, you know, the Drew Carey show. I mean, whose line is it? He's been around for a long he time, has. right? Has he been around since the late '80s? You think? Probably. 
Maybe. I think so. Because uh, he was a, a successful stand-up comedian first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's up there. <laughs> is he? He is. <laughs> I would say Drew Carey is 60, 63. 65. Mm-hmm. Close, John. Okay, good. Uh, we're going to move to another spectrum yeah. and uh, think about Joan Collins. Oh, my gosh. Joan <laughs> Collins? Yeah. Woof. Yeah, I, I, I haven't even thought of Joan I, Collins. That'd be under, fall under the category. Is she still alive? Yeah. So she is she alive. She is. She's still the alive. The answer is yes. That's a fossil. Yeah. Uh, now, what? So she was the one who wrote the books. What books? Did she write the books? No. Or was, I, that, was that her sister? I have no idea. I, I, the books what, uh, were like, like they were tell-all books. No, no. I mean, jo- I think, Joan was the was the uh, actress. Yes, I don't even remember. Dynasty. Dynasty, right? Right with uh, uh, Linda. Hunt. The, no, Linda no. Thomas. Linda. The gray-haired. No, no, she was blonde, wasn't she? And who was the guy? Who was like the matriarch um, of the family? I don't remember. But let you know the, the gray-haired yeah, yeah. woman, Linda. Oh, I don't know her. You don't. No. <laughs> a gray woman. Oh, that one. I I loved her. She did such good work when she was gray and when she was blonde. I'm telling you, her name is Linda. <laughs> Linda uh, Hunt. No. Linda, Linda Chambers. Hunt. No. Somebody Linda. else. I'm looking it up. All right. So wait. Okay, wait. Yeah, so Joan, so, Joan yeah. Collins. We're talking yeah. about here eventually. Yeah. Uh, Who's the woman who wrote all of Linda Evans? Was her name? Oh, there you go. You don't even John Forsythe. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't remember Linda Evans? I like, do. Oh, mm-hmm. but I don't think she was gray. Yeah, she's blonde. Yeah, she's right. kind of blonde. Yeah. You're right. Okay. John Forsythe, though. Yeah, I mean, John he, yeah, Forsythe. He, was, he, he kept the family together. Yeah, he and did. And Joan Collins. She always kind of played scoundrels, didn't she? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. That yeah. was her specialty. She was a, she was a, a, a sort of a, a vixen hyphen scoundrel, mm-hmm. like the worst kind. Yeah. Right? Uh, Joan Collins, I believe, first came to prominence like way, way back in the 1950s. Okay. I mean, you'll see, you know, you run across like, you know, an old movie with Joan Collins as, you know, a young woman. Uh, Joan Collins probably, is she 92? She's 90. Mm. She's 90 mm. today, well, God John. bless her. Hey, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's a heck of a career, right? Born in Paddington, London, England. That's a heck of a Which was a surprise to me. God bless um, her. Who didn't... What, her sister was Judy Collins? I mean, no, not Judy the singer. Collins. Not the singer. <laughs> She's a folk singer. What, wasn't there... Who was... Uh, who wrote books that, like, your sisters would have read when you were growing up? Like, like the fiction... Like those real thick fiction books that are like big romance novels? I don't know what you're talking about. Don't you know? No. no. Okay. No. All right. Mr. and Mrs. Bobo Jones. Lexi, do you know anything about this? Dragging Lex into this conversation. No, but I just looked it up. Oh, Oh, tell me. What are the books? Uh, Jackie Collins. Jackie. Who you're thinking of. Okay. Okay. Looks like what you would take your leftovers. Oh, hey, wait, we're coming back. Hey. You took a little power hit there. Sorry to miss out on the last few minutes, you guys. Happy birthday, Joan Collins. (laughs) (laughs) The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.